All right, Justin, one of my favorite things in video games and really media in general um, is a needle drop moment. Do you know what I'm talking about? Is that like when it's a mic, but you're you're a, like a small mouse and you made a microphone out of a needle? Um, no, but that's very like Tale of Despero, and I like that. Um, no, I'm talking about like when a licensed song shows up in a game. You know what I mean? So like Returnal, uh, uh, Don't Fear the Reaper, right? Yeah. Uh, what is that song? Love is is what I got in Saints Row 3, right? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we're going to yeah, talk sure. more yeah. about Saints Row later. Oh, we got um, time. But uh, if you were in a video game and you were a boss and you got to have a needle drop moment where like the player is coming to fight you, what song would play? I'll give you a minute to think about it and I will tell you what mine would be. And it is... Holding out for a hero. I think that would be very fun. It starts off with... And then, like, really gets into it with these, like, weird electric drums and, like, synthy horns. Um, it's not a funny answer. It's just true. No, I think I think it's a good answer. But you, that's your boss fight music? Yes. Like, when you are being fought? Yes, when I'm the boss. Uh, I mean, that's like a it's like an inspirational song. You know what I mean? Like that's one that when you were fighting a boss and it was like that turn of the moment when you're about to be defeated, all of a sudden that comes on and you're like, all right, powering up like you go like Super Saiyan 4 on them. I guess I'm I'm taking that L. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I guess for the sake of the game and the experience, like I'm going to take that like as a loss. And the reason I even bring this up, have you seen this meme going around? Um do you remember, did you ever see the 2007 film Transformers? Oh, I've been familiar with it one or twice, once or twice. Uh, at the end of either that movie or maybe the second movie, uh, it ends with the song What I've Done by Linkin Park, which, uh, hey, banger alert. <laughs> what I've Done is an excellent song, and the Linkin Park album Hybrid Theory, their oh, debut, mm -hmm. and their second one, Meteora. Yep. And then, you know, Minutes to Midnight, which has What I've Done on it, is all right. But those yeah. first two... That's a one-two punch you're never going to forget. Uh, but it, that, that has been like a meme format. It's like if this movie was released in 2007 and then you just have like the final like mic drop moment and then it's like, what did I <laughs> do? Right? Um, so th that's what has me thinking about it. So, Justin, I've stalled for long enough. What is your mic drop, uh, not mic drop, needle drop moment? Well, if you were a Boston video Because I'm thinking like my needle drop moment is going to be like I'm the bad guy here and like yes. what kind of inviting song would I want people who are fighting me to think of when they're fighting mm. me and that would be uh bye 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 <laughs> very good you answer know, just you know say bye bye very bye very good you know? answer yeah yeah yes. and, and it it would be one I I, yeah, I might even stop occasionally to to really get into it and I might be singing a part of it do some of the choreo um, the way you're saying this, that you're becoming like a Yakuza boss. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? Like, no, like that is, seems very on brand for that. Oh yeah, this is series. perfect. This is absolutely perfect. I, yeah, this is the new game. Yeah, and, and your moves are like the dance moves. Right? <laughs> yes, like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. The whole time. Um, the only song I ever have video evidence of me uh, lip sync battling to, um, ever. Lip sync battling too? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was a battle. Uh, it was, you know, like when they competitively lip sync. We were. Um, at, oh, I see what when, you mean. When I was in high school, this is how we ended our homecoming show. Um, by oh, that's really fun. Yeah, we did like a dance off and then a, a lip sync battle, and we did. Uh, yeah. That's very fun, Justin. It's good times. Uh, I've never been in a lip sync battle, but that sounds like fun. Yeah, it's good. Here, good what times. song am I lip syncing? 
Uh, I can't. I, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. Oh, uh, Justin, it, it, whatever you were gonna guess, I was gonna say was right, but you ruined the magic oh. hitbox. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Hitbox episode number 107. My name is Peter Hunt Spitek. Joining me, as always, is my wonderful friend, Justin the Lip Sinker Makovich. When I was a kid, I thought it was called lip singing. I don't know why they didn't just call it lip singing. I guess yes, lip synchronizing. Like I get it. Well, but yeah, I mean they have to they have to clap sync before each battle. You know what I mean? Mm, they, they like both, us. They, yeah, they get their their mics ready and they go in front of it and they get a nice clap so the the waveform really is easy to line up. That's why they do it. I I see. Well, um, it's never too early to plug the social media. So <laughs> if you have a song that either you would love to lip sync or you think would be your boss battle theme music. Um, go ahead and send that to us on our Discord server. That's the link to that's in the description. Or follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod. You can tweet at us there. Send us a DM. Whatever, whatever makes you feel happy and feel seen. I want to hear. I want to hear about it. And I want to see you. I want to f- like, you know, see, hear, feel, smell, taste. I was gonna say feel, but like I meant it in like a like a spiritual way. <laughs> but I just saying like I want to see you. I want to feel you. I think makes me sound a little creepy. Um, I feel you. I feel so, you. So I was gonna let it. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, how are you, man? It's kind of kind of feeling loosey goosey, right? It's a Monday. Uh, it's a mon- It's a Monday. It's a mon- It's funny how it just changes. Like right now, like I have to have like fluorescent lights on me in order to be mm-hmm. seen because otherwise, d- throughout the recording of the podcast, as the lights are continuing to get dar- like darker outside, I would just get dimmer and dimmer, and you would see every little page I'm on as we're recording. Yeah. So yeah, this is how I look I, uh, in fluorescent light. So I, I look a lot tanner with this. Um, this ring light I've got mm, going on here. Mm. Are, is uh, it on the warm be, glow? The warm glow? It's on the warmest glow. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, if I go like, if I go like Ooh. non-warm. Okay, well that's, oh, I, oh, I made it brighter. <laughs> I didn't change the, I mean like it, otherwise it's just too like, makes me look like a hacker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh. But you, dear listener, can't see this unless of course you're watching any of the pod clips posted to our YouTube channel. Let's just, you search hitbox with an exclamation point at the end of it on YouTube, you're going to find our, our pod clips. Little clips from the episode. If you want to see our faces, you want to see uh, some of the sources that we cite, we're making faces right now. Uh, uh, you can find us there. But you're not listening to that at this moment. No, you're listening to our podcast where we're going to be talking about some news, some things, some previews for what's coming up. Uh, Gamescom. It happened. <laughs> and, and it And we... <laughs> got through it together uh gamescom did happen sony has been up to quite a bit of bullshit um and according to microsoft the future of games is future fewer exclusives and then i wrote that with like an intero bang which is an exclamation mark next to a question wait mark. what's that again i use it all the time what is it called an intero bang intero bang i mean that sounds cool on its own like sounds pretty cool i have a tattoo idea now Intero bang. You're just gonna say intero bang, or yeah, it's gonna the word just be intero bang, and then you know, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then like semicolon parentheses, like you yeah. know, wink face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that a lot. But before we get to all of that, uh, let's talk about the video games that did come out this week. What do you say? You want to go to the Metacritic Roundup, Justin? Let's do it. Metacritic Roundup. 
thanks for joining us in the Metacritic Roundup, everyone. Um, I know like a lot of podcasts like to pretend that their like segments are different podcasts, but you know what? That's very 2021. Yeah. Us in Hitbox, we're thinking about 2025. All right. This is just one show. Like I'm peeling back the the layers of of the pageantry that we do here. It's one show. <laughs> Metacritic Roundup. It's not a new podcast. It's the same podcast. Same podcast. I'm not playing a trick on you. Uh, let's talk about Saints Row. Um, apparently, this is not a very good game, Justin. It has a <laughs> the PlayStation Five. It has a 63 on PC. It's got a 67 and on Xbox Series X. It's got a, also a 67. Um, this has not done well. Apparently, this is a very buggy game, among other things. Um, it's it. Apparently, a lot of people are saying like, "Hey, this feels like a." An open world game from, you know, like 2010 or so, which, you know, <laughs> like a Saints Row game, <laughs> the Saints Row series. Right. But it just doesn't feel like it's really advanced at all. Um, and that its messaging is like kind of toothless with what it's about in terms of being like, hey, you know, being alive is really hard right now in terms of finances. Um, but it, it doesn't take that point like seriously at all. And then. The fact that it doesn't take anything seriously wouldn't necessarily be a problem. It is a Saints Row game, um, but apparently it's not very funny either, which is a subjective thing. But um, I guess for someone like me who has never really found the Saints Row series to be particularly funny, like, I guess I wasn't expecting that, especially when in the trailers it was like, oh, no. <laughs> but uh, what do you think about this, man? I mean, I think uh, this is like the worrisome part of game previews because I was reading a lot about this game because I'm very invested in this game doing poorly uh, thanks to our open critic <laughs> fantasy draft because I've counterpicked <laughs> yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm really, I was really hoping it would do bad. And then as like the, the preview cycle was coming out, um, people were getting extended playing with it and they were like, it's yeah. actually pretty okay. And I was like, oh, okay. And they did some cool things with it. Remember the character creator? Um, they yeah. released that ahead of time so you can make your character and get it ready. Um, and the kind of character abominations you can make in that in the game looked looked fun. It looked like a good character creator. So I am sitting here being like, shit, this is going to be like a hidden 92. Like this is going to be, I'm going to lose all the points, no hopes of winning. And then um, I get the first inkling of the review score and I was like, oh, thank God. This is what I expected it to be because this yeah. is what I expected this game to be. There's there's no way looking at that. Um, like it, it looked like, hey, maybe we're going to do a more gritty take on the Saints Row series. But it turns out, nope, they just put a nicer graphical system on an old Grand Theft Auto kind of clone from the early to mid-2000s, and they haven't iterated on that formula literally at all. Yeah. I, th that's the thing, right? Like, the idea of playing a, a Saints Row game like in 2022 is kind of like, well, you know, this used to be like a clone or like a, you know, a pretty, pretty substantial copy of, of a GTA. And then it sort of found its own way by being more of a parody as opposed to being a, like a, you know, a, a copy. Um, but it just isn't anything. Yeah. Right. And yeah. And, yeah and, and a lot of people did say, though, that like the preview is good because the preview is the first like two hours. But like that's like where like the good stuff is like front loaded. And then after that, it's just like a completely unforgettable, uh, 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 forgettable experience and all that. And it's like repetitive over and over again. I think, uh, the VGC review, um, they say, um, I think this kind of captures, they gave it a 40, 
Um, it's Oof. a below <laughs> average open world game that's stuffed to the bursting with bugs. And the best thing we can say about it is that making our Tobias Funke inspired character crouch over and do the wanker gesture <laughs> while he walked down the street made us laugh. Probably not quite worth the price of admission. <laughs> I will say this is the kind of game that like I wish I had access to early yeah. just to like play it and go like, oh, this. Oh, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> just to like see it. Um, but it's not the type of thing I would ever really pay any money for. You know what I mean? Um, but by the time it's it's getting, you know, tossed around as a, um, you know, free game on PS Plus or Game Pass or whatever, it'll be like in a year. And I just won't have any interest in, in like checking it out i mean even if it was on ps plus i think like a perfect like barometer in my mind for a game that is a fine game i just don't want to pay for it uh right now would be when ghostwire tokyo came out like that game wasn't like horrible right it was just like a very like okay game if not worse than okay like it was just fine uh, yeah it's like a 60 right I mean, dude, like, you, out of 100 i mean it was at least an okay platinum no no it was a bad platinum. Oh, okay then never mind but, oh like, it was a t- oh justin it was a terror i <laughs> got the platinum because i put enough work into it when i was like looking at it and i was like if i abandon this i will have wait like my time will be (laughs) wasted right uh no it was a very bad platinum got it okay so um you uh i mean that would be a game that i think is to the level of seeing the reviews and everything i would be interested in checking out uh when it came to uh streaming services or, or whatever but this is a game that when it comes out i'll be like you know that old Saints Row game, the one where they're superheroes? <laughs> I should probably play that one, right? Yeah. That's the thing. It just seems like if you want to play Saints Row, go go play those because those are still fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo will eventually be on Game Pass. Oh, I can't wait for that because I think, again, I will play it. Can't wait's the wrong word. I can wait. <laughs> it's probably, when is it going to come out next year? Like w- right when everything else is coming out, like middle to late February, March? I mean, that's when it came out. That's when it came out this year, and I imagine it had a one has a one year lifespan. Is that when Final Fantasy VII remake is going to come out to Game Pass too? Is that happening? No. I mean, oh, I was it, was, like, it was like one of those things. Like when it could come out, we don't know for sure if it could come uh, out. Uh, 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 but like, no, it I think because it's on PC. I think that's what they're talking about with the console exclusivity, right? Yeah, yeah, but whatever whatever uh, other game here to talk about midnight fight express this was featured at a handful of xbox showcases because it is on game pass uh this Ooh. is a this is made by one guy this is on everything it's on switch it's on pc and, and xbox and playstation um it is like a isometric 3d brawler um and i have been playing it all week for work Right now on uh, PC, it has a 75. Uh, there's no score elsewhere for this. It's a pretty small game just because it was, like I said, a one-person one team here. It's published by Humble Games. Um, but it's free on Game Pass. I've been playing it all week, and I think it's fine. Uh, for a second, when I was looking at this trailer here, I was like, oh, yeah. 12 minutes? <laughs> like it kinda, yeah, it, it like does it have that 12 minutes vibe. art style. Yeah, yeah, It's like if in 12 minutes, instead of being... Well, I don't, I'm not going to finish that sentence. Uh, it's like if 12 minutes <laughs> was a fighting game in terms of its in terms of its art style. Yeah. Um, this is a John Wick ass game. Mm. This is like if Hotline Miami and Sifu kind of met in the middle. Um, that said, I, I don't love this. Mm. Uh, it is a little like 
it's flashy and it's situations there's 40 levels in it the levels can range from like 90 seconds to like five minutes uh there's 40 levels in it uh it's got a story and basically you are base uh you are this guy named Babyface who woke up with amnesia and he has a drone that he's hanging out with it's kind of like stray weirdly enough um and basically the city has been overrun by crime uh by like crime gangs and you are like retelling the story to some like two cops as you, as you're being interrogated about it. Um, and it's flashy. It's fun. But like. It kind of tries to be a comedy parody of a lot of stuff, which I don't find to be particularly funny. Uh, the writing is is pretty bad. Uh, I mean, it's just like clearly like one guy did this and like, that's fine. But like it's not written very well. So I just like skip literally all the time, <laughs> like every <laughs> single level. Um, uh, it's like if Sifu was made on addictinggames.com. How about mm, Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's like a, like a flash version of what Sifu was. Yeah. Kind of where it's just like really stripped back. I mean, there's like a lot of nods and references to like all sorts of stuff. I mean, um, there's a level called fight club where you go and you fight through a, you know, like a, a fight parking club. lot brawling ring yeah there's a level uh um, do, do you fight yourself in the end of that level you don't but wouldn't that be really funny <laughs> spoilers you do fight a guy named dirt uh, tyler see or, they get it wait, they get it they get it yeah there's like a lot of stuff like that um but it, it's okay in my opinion like i said it's got a 75 on Meta, uh, metacritic um i don't find its combat to be particularly deep in the same way that I thought Sifu was like about like reading your enemies and like being able to like understand, like come up with strategies and stuff like that. Uh, whereas this is just like mash light attack on the smaller guys, mash heavy attack on the, the bigger guys. There's a bunch of weapons and stuff that you can pick up. Um, there's like guns in it as well. Uh, and, and that becomes kind of fun. Uh, it, it's kind of challenging in some places cause you do go down pretty quick if you're not like really on top of it. But, um, it's not something that I really think about when I'm not playing it. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the, the I'm going to give a positive to this right now because I think this is a rarity in the way the Internet works. Um, granted, this is based on the um, PC release. Uh, and granted, this is based on 26 critic reviews and 12 user reviews, but the Metacritic score is a 75, and then the user score is an 8.5. So oh, I, yeah. I, I find it to be, like, to me, that's a noteworthy thing about this game. And... I think this sounds like a game on a game pass that you would want to just play. I'm happy that I didn't spend any right. money on this. I, like, I don't have a bad time when I'm playing it. It's just something that like, it, it's just not very, in my opinion, not very complex. Yeah. 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 No, that, that, I think that makes sense. And that, that's the, the joy of something like game pass to get a new game like this to, you know, just try out and, Hey, you got a couple hours, try it out, see what's going on. Again, I said that about Wave Race last week. Not the most ringing endorsement. You got a couple hours, you got some <laughs> well, time, like, throw it on. I know that this isn't my game, but I know that this is somebody's game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I also think it is impressive. Like, hey, this was made by one guy. Um, and like the level of detail that there is and the size and scope of it, I do think is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's the sort of thing I don't know who's the, uh, just the developer's name is just Jacob Dwin Dwinzel or Dwi Dwin Dwinel. I trust you um, on that one. There's a there's a Z in there that I imagine is silent, like the Z in my name. So like me and Jacob, we know we get it. Um, 
<laughs> he might be Polish too. Who knows? But um, th- like I think I find that to be very impressive. And 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 yeah. So there you go. Midnight Fight Express. Justin, you've been playing something new as well. Oh, I have been playing something new, um, and it is called. Splatoon 3. Now, Justin, I'm really glad that you played this. And I'm, I'm loving that you're just keeping doing that. That's the whole game. Uh, that's all you hear. Is that true? I mean, that's like the music, and then you get like... Yeah, like, okay, like, okay, you know, okay a lot of, sure. Like, paint, a lot of wet sounds, like... Yeah. You get a lot of that Justin, going on. A lot of like... It's funny, because I just, I just cut that from the show. Buckets of wet sounds. Buckets yeah. of it. Oh, real quick, speaking of sounds, something cool that Midnight Fight Express does is it's got like a soundtrack like Hot Miami. Um, and every time a new song comes on in the bottom right corner, like it's a music video, uh, the name of the song shows up. Oh, that's smart. And it's great. Which is cool because it's like, oh, now I can like listen to the soundtrack and be like, oh, this song fucks. Anyway, Dude, uh, I, what's up? I was going to say, you want to hear bad I am at the radio? Like I was looking at the radio the other day and I saw a scroll across my screen. It said what song was playing on the radio. And I was like, oh, that's a fun feature. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like FM yeah, it's radio. Like, it's like 1975. <laughs> I just missed that. I guess I was like, oh, that's <laughs> Justin. Uh, I'm glad that you played Splatoon because I saw a bunch of people playing it on Twitter, and I don't know how they were doing that. How did you play this? It's not out yet. I like. I had this thought where I was like, did I miss the launch of Splatoon? <laughs> I like. So I initially thought it was coming out this weekend, and like, if you pre-ordered it, you could do it. But what yeah. they did was they had um, a Splatoon, a Splatoon three world premiere Splatfest. And it was the first Splatfest that you could do. I guess it was technically probably a network test that they were doing. Um, but what you got this weekend for free for downloading the thing on your on your Switch was you got a very brief tutorial, like a movement tutorial. Uh, then you get to walk around the city hub that you're going to be probably spending a lot of your time in. And then you got to play um, the Splatfest in the multiplayer mode. And the two modes you got were the regular just like turf war. And then they had that. I forget the name of it. The two V two V four turf mode, the trios or whatever, when you're playing against the different uh, ones. And um, so it was basically a Splatfest. But when you go in there, they're like, this is not carrying over to the main game. You're not actually going to experience your coins. They let you switch weapons and outfits just kind of at will once you hit a certain level. Um, But they did let you pick your team, rock, paper, scissors, Um, team rock. Over here. Uh, team scissors that's uh, uh, let me yeah, actually as of a sunday so this was i think like a two maybe it just saturday i played it uh on saturday it might have been on friday too um but uh i think as of when i started playing it scissors was in the lead that's what i'm talking about yeah, i mean that, that's fine i i'm always a rock kind of person as um, long as it's not paper <laughs> and no one <laughs> likes paper <laughs> yeah i imagine so um, let's see. Uh, oh, oh, excuse me. I'm on NintendoLife.com and it says Team Rock wins a Splatoon 3 Splatfest world premiere. <laughs> what, with what percentage? <laughs> Come on. Tell I mean, me this. It's, I don't know how they do this math. It's always really close. And the way they kind of like mess up with the math, it like even if there's like more people like on one of the teams, it's sometimes a disadvantage because you have more people playing and some worse people on there. I don't know how mm, it works mm, out, but mm. um, it says Nintendo of America says they just said they won. A big thanks to everyone for participating. Okay. Yeah, so Nintendo <laughs> of America, 
uh, let me let, let, let's let's pop this up on the screen for everyone. I'll read this riveting uh, tweet uh, to, I've been to waiting everyone. For it. Yeah. I am sure you have. Um, it says the Splatfest world premiere results are in and Team Rock has crushed it. Congrats to the winners. A big thank you uh, to everyone for participating. And we'll see you in Splatsville when Splatoon 3 launches on 9-9. And they do have an image of the winner. Um, and it's really just uh they, I don't understand how they did it. It looks like, oh my God, Peter, uh, the winner was rock. Then it was paper, and what finally the hell? scissors. Come so, on, yeah. Um, get get some glasses, ref, umpire. I mean, that's that's what happened. So come on. Uh, so let's talk about the gameplay um, a little bit. Uh, yeah, please. It's Splatoon, and that might seem like a bad thing to people when I just say it's more Splatoon. People were complaining that Splatoon 2 was just Splatoon 1, but on the Switch. Um, Splatoon 3 is a new version of Splatoon 2 on the Mm -hmm. Switch. Um, And I know that sounds like kind of reductive, but it's a lot of the paint around it. (laughs) I didn't mean to (laughs) miss it. But it's a lot of of the paint around it that they've changed. I mean, having the Splatfest be a a three-person like Splatfest, changes things up a bit yeah having a new city having a new single player mode having new characters i i there's enough change here um that if you like splatfest or splatoon 2 you should play splatoon 3 um i don't think it's like oh shoot it's the same game no it's different yeah. enough it's it's a call of duty iteration they've made enough tweaks and new weapons now that you're playing this live and you have more splatfest like that's another thing to come back to um but yeah it is splatoon the the wrinkle in it was the 2v2v4. So how they ended up doing that Mm. was based on the winning team, the team that was doing the best after the first half of it, Scissors. Um, They would have teams of four, and then it would be a team of two from one rock and a team from two for paper. And you were playing like a territory thing when you had to, you know, ink, uh, ink as much of the territory as possible. But they had like a little thing in the middle that you had to capture. And if you captured it at a certain point in the match, then it started spewing your paint around there to give you the advantage. And for whatever hmm. reason, it didn't seem like I would have thought for sure that the team that had four people would have the automatic advantage. Four people doing that, they would have more. But for whatever reason, it kind of worked out that uh, I played two matches of it. Um, and one time my team won, the other time um, uh, Scissors won. So it was kind of like a 50-50 thing. So it kind of sure. did. It, it seemed to be balanced somehow. And it was never like one team necessarily like just uh, walked away with it. So there's probably still some balancing stuff that they have to do. But it was a different enough mode that I kind of enjoyed a lot. Um, and yeah, it looks, it looks good. Uh, things that the negatives I've noticed, uh, the load times to get in were pretty long. Yeah. Um, the load times for matchmaking would take up to a minute, but then what they do now is Ooh, that's bad. It, that's really bad. It is bad, my friend, but they at least allow you to walk around an area and like just test out weapons and stuff as you're okay. doing it. Um, so there's at least stuff to do in between it. And there's even a moment when you can, at the end of it, you can stop playing, you can continue playing, or you can change gear and then continue playing. And if you change the gear and continue playing, it does automatically like get you in the queue, times you a certain amount of time to change your gear, and then you start playing. That is like Fortnite lets you do that, but yeah. just like with your skins, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, I can't believe that is not 
a function in every single video game that has online matchmaking and like multiple different like either gear or skins yeah. or whatever. Like it is such a great thing to just like to not have to like derail your time or if you're playing with multiple people to be like, hold on, guys, can we go back to the lobby yeah, for me to like exactly. change this? And, and you're in you're in that lobby with your teammates if you're in a group. Um, I didn't yeah. do it personally, but I saw other people online playing it. So they're with more people. So I think that that's a very positive thing. And I think like you said, like almost a minute seems like a long time. But play Fortnite. It doesn't. It's not always instantaneously. It's it's it's, true. it's short, it's true. but but it still takes a while to get into it. And I just like the the gameplay loop of this. The matches are so quick. Um, it just you just go in, and it almost like it's so weird because it almost doesn't matter who wins. It feels like mm-hmm. I know it does, but it also doesn't. Um, it's a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah, right? yeah. Just, and yeah. like I'm not great with the aiming because that's one thing I'm still struggling with. This game is like, do I do the stick controls, motion controls? Like I'm always like playing with sensitivity, which I, I hate that. That's like the first thing I have to do with this game, um, yeah. because the standard mode is move left and right with the um, right stick, and then up and down with your gyro <laughs> controls. <laughs> nothing it's a little disorienting but like when your goal is to like paint the ground and not always be like super precise and you get used to it and you get better at it like it is a different control scheme you can go to the joystick if you want but that's not recommended with the joy cons um it's a fun game i'm excited to play the single player i'm excited to play the horde uh, salmon run things which are available Mm. all 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 the time instead of just like limited events um, and if anything, I think this weekend, just playing it for the three hours I did just really got me hungry for uh, when it launches in a week. Justin, I bought the Splatoon Switch. <laughs> Does that come with the game, though? No, I don't think so. <laughs> what if? What if you got this? I, th- I kind of thought it did. I kind of thought it did. And I was like, oh, that's actually, you know, save me, uh, save me another trip. Uh, I'm, I've got to go pick that up on a week from Wednesday. So I've still got it like a minute, but did it cost more than the OLED or was it the same price as the OLED? I think it's the same price. It was three fifty, I think. Okay. It was one of those things where I was like, well, I'll be able to write this off on my taxes. <laughs> like <laughs> it's true. Actually. And you know, like I've got the drift in my joy con. So, you know, there's already 80 bucks. I was going to have to spend anyway. What, my... The same reason I bought the OLED myself. And then those started. drifting. Right. Well, it's just like, you know, at a certain point, like, well, I might as well just do this. Yeah. Um, make the upgrade to see like, you know, to see it and, and whatever else. So, uh, cause also, like I said, my battery on my regular switch has been, uh, not doing too hot, but not, yeah, yeah. But there you go. You, do you think you're going to play this game? Do you, are you? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I think, uh, I think we have some, some bonus episodes in, in store slash let's plays in store. Once this gets launched, I think. Agreed. Uh, you're a kid now, Justin, you're a squid now. Let's, um, let's do a real quick review. What do you think? Let's do it. So we here at Hitbox got sent early uh, pieces of hardware. This is the Angry Miyo Cyberblade. These are, which is like such a, like, <laughs> like what a name. These are uh, a pair of headphones. I'm holding up to the camera right now. So if you are watching on YouTube again, you can head on over there to see that. Um, they are a pair of wireless Bluetooth headphones that are designed, uh, inspired by the focus from Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. Um, we have had these for, I don't know, a month or so. 
testing them out. Uh, they are primarily to be used as gaming earbuds, which was something I wasn't really uh, familiar with before this. Have you ever used like earbuds for gaming outside of like plugging it into your Switch or something like that? Uh, no, I mean, I, I I would use like obviously like a uh, uh, headphone jack. I'd use those to like play just yeah. when I'm trying to be subtle about my gaming. But in terms of like generally playing, I, I don't I don't have specific uh, gaming buds that I use. Well, because that's the thing, right? Like I use uh, like oh, an over ear headset um, when I'm playing either if I am, you know, trying to not like have noise from a TV or if I'm playing games with friends so that I've got a microphone and all that. Uh, but I've never really thought about earbuds. And so um, using these was actually kind of cool because while um, I think you are going to get a lot of great sound quality out of like something that goes like, you know, that's bigger speakers that are like encompassing your whole ear. Um I thought that using the earbuds was nice because they're just so small and you're able to like walk away from mm, it doesn't feel like you have like a big thing on your head. You just have the two little earbuds in, which I mean, I frequently have earbuds in, you know, I'm doing, cho- uh, you know, house chores or or like, uh, you know, mowing the lawn or something like that. Like having earbuds in for that w- when I'm doing that sort of stuff is just like such a. I mean, a common practice for me, so uh, I, I generally I do really like these. Um, I know you are a little bit more mixed on them. I, I, do we need to do more of an overview? Like, I'm not really sure. Like, how? Do, how? Where do you want to start with all this? Um, so I like I don't use uh, earbuds for um, for gaming really, but I use yeah. AirPods like every day. It was like one of those things. Like I was initially uh, hesitant to get AirPods um, because I'm like I lose pencils daily. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> like I constantly lose them. Uh, there's no way I'm going to not lose these. Uh, but uh, my fiance got them for me for, uh, I think, my birthday. And then uh, every day I use them constantly in the morning, everywhere. Um, like I, I just fall in love with 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 uh, having AirPods. I think they're great. Um, so then I became accustomed to not having the wire. I became accustomed yeah. to just like walking around, leaving my phone on the ground and like forgetting about it. Um, so it's kind of been become something that is standard in my life. So whenever uh, we would record a podcast or even I'd play a game and I have to link in and hook up like manually to my stuff, it was just like annoying to me to it felt it felt like I was it was archaic for me to do that. Sure. Um, and I would always have a lot of trouble when I was at work connecting my AirPods to my computer, my work computer. Yeah. It would just it would be a pain in the butt to do. Um, so I just never did. And I'd still have to like manually put in the audio jack and stuff. So then when these things came right off the bat, the thing that I think is such a positive about these headphones is how easy it was to connect these to my computer. And I know that might Mm -hmm. seem stupid, but like, that's kind of one of the things that, uh, I, I think is really a pro of this. You just put the USB drive in your, in your, uh, computer uh plug in the headset thing and it automatically connected literally not even pressing a button and it just worked so to clarify there are three pieces to this right so there is the actual like air you know the head uh, earbuds themselves then there is the case that they go in which is like a it's like a cylinder it's a little bulky when you compare it to something like uh, an airpod case or something like that but um it's still you know a portable case and then there's a base that you connect the case to uh, and then at the uh, on the base, you've got a USB-C out to USB-A, um, which then, you know, can plug into any USB port. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, like hooking this up, hooking these up to a computer is just so simple. And then once you've got it hooked up and the ear, uh, the earbuds in, um, the case actually like turns and it has like a really satisfying turn to it, uh, and which then turns into a volume knob, which I think is is super convenient and like. To me, it's very intuitive because then you don't have to really even be thinking about like, okay, well now I got to go into the settings and like figure out like the different levels and whatever. But um, it is agreed. I think I think the setup is of especially when on a PC of just sitting down, plugging it in, and going is um, pretty excellent in my opinion. And it's just really useful, like the the volume thing too. Like that's such a, an extra little thing that just is so nice to just have. Um, and I know yeah. like there's a million different ways to change your volume on a computer, but um, as, uh, you know, stream deck users and, uh, convenience users in general, having that convenience, having the place where you charge it and pick it up right in front of you, able to use it for that kind of stuff is really cool. Um, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you, life changing with my computer setup. Yeah. Uh, it, being able to just control volume like that, I think is, is really huge. Um, so I think that this is like a good thing for PCs. Um, because it just sits very conveniently on a desk underneath a monitor or wherever. Uh, it's pr relatively small. You got the volume control right there. Like that's pretty simple. Uh, I would say it's less ideal for console gaming. Um, it still works. I mean, you plug it into the USB port of a switch or a PS four or five. And I mean the same thing, like it, it pretty easily connected to the switch for me, pretty easily connected to my PlayStation. Um, and then, you know, the volume knob still works the same. Uh, the problem is it's limited to that USB port. And so like, if you've got those consoles on your desk, like that's great. It's easy. You know, you don't have to worry about it, but if you've got it in, in, on a TV, then, um, adjusting the, uh, the volume with the knob just like doesn't work because it's just like, you have to stand up to go do it, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, I found that this did not work on an Xbox. I couldn't get it to, to sync up. This is still, um, this is a Kickstarter. Uh, these are these headphones are, are part of a Kickstarter. So like that could be something that comes in the future. But right now it works really well on a on a switch and on a um, PS4 and five. But on an Xbox, it just wouldn't sync for me. Um, um, yeah. And I mean, I don't think they're the, like all the marketing for it that they never mention um, Microsoft correct. or Xbox in it. So I don't think yeah. it's like a, a failure of the system. I just don't know if they've integrated it yet. Um, I, it was really easy to plug into my PlayStation. I was shocked at how easy that was, to be honest. Yeah. Um, my switch was a little different. Um, did you plug it through your dock? Yeah. What else? How else <laughs> would you do that? So for me being the little uh, the the I don't play uh, switch on my dock, um, I actually have uh, like a two sided USB C uh, plug. So I was able okay. to plug oh into the bottom of it <laughs> into the bottom of it, uh, and that worked. But you have to have it plugged oh, in. Oh, it did work. Yeah, you have to have it plugged in in order for it to work. So if I oh, unplugged oh, oh. it. Um, then they would stop working. However, there's both the plugged mode and then the and Bluetooth then the mode. Bluetooth mode, so right? The yeah, okay. the Bluetooth worked fine. Like that, that you could you plug it in just like you do regular Bluetooth headsets on the Switch. Which, by the way, great feature they added way too late in the Switch's life. Way too late. Um, but you can still do it that way, and it's pretty easy to switch between the wired and then the Bluetooth setting. I think you double click the the home button in order to do that, and you can just go from being connected to your computer to using them as regular Bluetooth headphones. So like yeah. that, that, that's still there as an option. Um, but, uh, it was a little cumbersome on my handheld to attach them through the wire, but you can still do it through the Bluetooth headphones. 
Yeah, I would just not recommend doing that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, also, like, I'm not trying to be like dunking on you, but like, saps the battery, my friend. Don't do it. Oh, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's also like it's just tough because like the switch, like the USB port is on the bottom. Like, yeah, like directly where you would be like resting. So like, yeah, it just yeah. doesn't really yeah. work that way. Um, yeah, I, I think these are cool, especially because um, I mean, just the wireless design is great that you get with you know anytime you're using earbuds, right? Being able to be sitting down, you're playing a game. I use these um, a lot when I was playing uh, 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 Neon White. If you put your hand behind it, it'll focus, I think. So it's not looking at your face. You're, yeah, you're you assuming go. I have a good camera. Um, maybe you don't. Uh-oh. I'm That's trying. I'm trying. Yeah. Um, well, like, uh, 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 I, I played used this during, for, like, Neon White, and I thought, like, that game has such an emphasis on, like, style and music and, and sound effect and sound design and stuff. And, I mean, it just really, really comes through here. There's There are three settings as well. Um, you've got, like, game settings, music settings, and, like, movie settings. Um, it's similar to, like, those sorts of settings on, like, a TV. I personally don't really hear a huge difference or, like, see the need to do that. Like, I want everything to just be uniformly the same um but I, I still think it's cool to have those sorts of settings and like you said you know what was it two hits and then you're using bluetooth mode like can connect to your phone like not a problem um, but like i said i don't think that this is a good piece of hardware for someone who's like sitting at a tv you know what i mean with their console you know 10 feet away from them at the base of their tv as opposed to someone who's sitting on a at a desk where you do have access to that um that stuff right there uh what do you think of the design, man? Because I, I, uh, so like, like I said at the top, these are these are designed after the focuses from Horizon Forbidden West and Zero Dawn, uh, where you've got it's just like a triangle and it's got like a cool, um, it's got like a cool like light halfway through it. Justin, you've got a pair of the white ones, uh, as I showed earlier. I've got a pair of uh, they're like green and purple metallic. They're like it's kind of a cool look. There's they've also got um, just straight black. Um, what do you think of the design? Because I'm kind of all for it. Oh, I, I think they're cool. Um, like, I, I think they they are cool looking without being distracting cool. Because I think a lot of times Agreed. with, with uh, earbuds, it's just kind of like, what's that on your ear? Like, I've seen so many different designs of them. And I think they, yeah. look, they look cool. Um, they fit well. I just feel like I'm a... I feel like I'm that cool uh, heroine uh, in uh, Aloy, just, you know, saving the world, uh, doing it my way. You know what I mean? So, you know, uh, <laughs> and I do. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree because I don't like I feel like if they were going the Horizon Zero Dawn route, like there is a reality where they made this way too gaudy and like, way too, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like way too much of a like. Oh, that's weird. Like, oh, yeah, it doesn't look like a cosplay piece, but it also could be. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, it's it's absolutely. sort of in between there, um, in a way that I I really appreciate. But um, um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, a, a few notes for me. I don't know if you have this problem. I think I have s large ears, like cavernous ear holes. <laughs> okay. And uh, I have a lot of issues uh, with stay AirPods staying in my ears or headphones okay. staying in my ears. Um, I do have that issue with these sometimes, um, specifically if I am like doing my morning routine and I have these in. They like sometimes mm -hmm. get a little loose and kind of fall out. And they come with like, I think, six different uh, sized um, uh, holes for your headphones, whatever these are called. Yeah. And I think it's three. So like two are you've got one pair of each, like one rubbery and then one like memory one. Yeah. Um, I tend to go with the rubbery ones because I just think they're easier to like clean out and like they don't get gross for me. Um, but 
Yeah, so they have the different sizes of them. And I, again, I have the same problem with any uh, headphones that I generally use. I'd go for the biggest one, and they just kind of like don't like sit flush in my ear. Um, yeah. So this is not like when I have like I run with my AirPods in my AirPod Pros, mm-hmm. and I have like little hooks I put over my ear that you can like latch to them. And oh sure. I don't see like finding a accessory for this as of now yeah, to yeah, help yeah. make them stick in my ear when I do things like working out. Cause I could think the last thing I'd want to do is like run and have these like fall out, just pop out as I get all like, yeah. like sweaty. But, um, so like there's that, uh, part of it. So, but when I'm sitting at my desk, I, I'm not like, you know, gesticulating too much and I, I might, they're not coming out of my ears or anything like that. So they fit in there, but just for like a everyday headphone, I don't know if they have the kind of like ear sticking thing for me, but that might be a personal issue with me and and these types of headphones. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I found that when I take them out, sometimes I will lose the actual earbud tip. Oh, Um, like like it'll just that will just fall off. Um, It could be that I've I mean, I've used these a significant amount. Yeah. But, you know, you want that to last longer than one month. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, I. I, I have run into that, but it, it's also the sort of thing where, like, you I feel it every single time that it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And and it's one of those things where, like, oh, I just learned to be a little bit more gentle. When, like, I'm not, like, ripping them out, but, like, I've just learned to be a little bit more, like, you know, maybe do a little hand cup underneath the ear when I take them yeah. out. It's, you know, not ideal. It's it's a little irritating, but it's not one of those things where I'm like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> you know. Um, What are your thoughts on the sound of it? I think it sounds good. Um, I, I'm the kind of person where, like, I know when something sounds bad, but <laughs> yes, if it sounds yes. if it sounds like average to good, like I just don't notice the difference. For example, like I think to me, this is pretty indistinguishable, for, indistinguishable from something like AirPods, the AirPod Pros, whereas like I can absolutely tell the difference between this and uh, I've got a pair of like $30 Skull Candy earbuds that like are great if you are, you know, out and about doing whatever. But at the end of the day, it's like not like a super high quality um like piece of hardware. Whereas this, I think, I think does sound pretty good. Um, I listen to a lot of like different music. I did the, the crazy thing when I have AirPod pro one ear cyberblade okay. in the other ear and like kept going yeah. back between things synced up on two devices and everything. Try to try <laughs> to get the full experience of what the sound yeah. was like. And, um, the general volume of the cyberblades is lower than the AirPod pros. I found this, the, okay. as, as when I'm blasting as loud as I can, AirPod Pros are a little bit louder, and the bass is a little bit more shaky in the um, Cyberblades, and it, mm-hmm. it just doesn't have that like nice rumble. Like I feel like it gets a smooth bass more in the Pro sure, okay. versus this one. It's like it's more. Uh, I guess shaky is the best word for it. It's a little bit more harsh rather than boom 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 in the okay. ear. But we're talking like minor stuff, and I agree with you 100 that the sound for these is not bad at all. It's really good sound. And compared to most other headphones I have, um, th- these are like good, good headphones and they sound, they sound good. And I, I don't like sit here and like snobby being like, mm-hmm, well, actually the pros, uh, they make me feel better when the music is in my ears. Like it sounds good, like the yeah. music in it. So I, I do like that. Um, uh, did you play around with the different, the three different uh, modes of it? Like I said, like I, I did listen to each, 
Um, but it was one of those things where I was like, okay, yeah, I guess that sounds more cinematic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the same um, thing with like TV settings. It like you can tell like yeah. the sliders are changing, um, but like it just doesn't like it's kind of the preference of what you're doing and what you listen to and stuff like that. Like I didn't yeah. find it to be drastically life changing one way or another. Um, it's still cool that they have those options though for people who do want to like really separate those things. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea though for me of like watching a movie with earbuds, I guess. Well, if I'm like on the go you know like if i'm on a plane or something i would but like the idea of being like all right time to watch a movie sit down earbuds in like yeah that's um odd to me but i let me can i tell you the the like this very specific use case for me where these things are awesome yeah go ahead so um first of all the uh the battery life is about six hours using it it's um, pretty good it's, right? it's really it's better than the pros um, it also is, I think, like 24 hours if you have the case with you and that's charged. So that's pretty yeah. good that you get four charges out of it. It lasts six hours. Um, so I when I go to bed at night, I, I, I put baby to sleep by listening to like a podcast or something, put a sleep timer on whatever. And I put in one ear and I wake up in the morning, put the other one in my ear, charge the other one. When I do this with my pros, the one that's in my ear at night will die in the middle of the night. Like even if I have the stopper on the stopper on it, it will die in the middle of the night and I need to charge that one. This one I can just pick up off my pillow, put it in my ear, and it still works in the still morning. Going. Uh which I know that's a very specific use case scenario for me. <laughs> However, that specific thing means maybe I should sleep with these in my ear more often. <laughs> you know? Does does the light bother you or you turn that off? Because you can turn the light off. There's like a light that like goes down the middle of it. Uh, I, but that would bother me at night. Um, I haven't asked my fiance if it bothers her, but it has not uh, registered in my in my eyes. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I get sleepy, so <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm I'm. I think these are cool. I think these are the type of thing where if you are investing in like making your PC setup like cool, I, cool is the wrong word to say. <laughs> like if you if you're interested in investing in like specifically making a customized PC setup where like you have a bunch of stuff at, at your fingertips and you're not having to go into settings and stuff like that and want like manual um, button presses and stuff like that. I think these headphones are awesome. So this is a, this is a Kickstarter that Miao angry Miao is running um, that goes live on September 1st, the day after hitbox day. Um, these are, I will say they are on the more pricey side, especially when compared to something like AirPod pros, which a lot of the marketing for this thing is, like centered around like sort of comparing and contrasting between the airpod pros and uh the cyberblade the cyberblade is 328 dollars usd which is a lot of money but i think with the case and the base like that holds the case that plugs into your computer and whatever else i do think is like to be honest not terrible in terms of price obviously 320 is dollars is a lot of money but i do think that it is um, not a crazy amount to ask for something like this. And also, like, on top of that, the lights are really cool. The 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 um, base does light up when it's plugged in, and it's got, like, a lot of cool lights on it, and the case has lights on it that tell you what mode you're in. Um, so, like, it is the sort of thing that does look like a luxury product. So, um, what do you think? I, I didn't get the app to work uh, at this point because I think it's so early. Like, they have a, an app that you yeah. can control, like, the LED lights and stuff like that um in the directions and we were sent one i just couldn't get it working on my phone um and the app allows you to um change uh the led color of things 
And I think that's a, uh, that's important to note because if you're someone who wants to have that like gaming setup with like the same color LEDs and get that nice light the way you want it to, this is something that people do pay a premium for um, to yeah. get that LED customization and stuff. I remember when I was looking for keyboards for this, um, I have a Corsair uh, kind of like sectioned lighting thing. Um, it was like an extra $50, $60 to get the one that I could program each individual key for. Um, yeah. So like, again, this is something that if you're the person who wants to customize your gaming setup um, and you want to have it exactly the way you want it to, this is something that people I think would pay that that money for to do that. And I think, as you said, as something for gaming, something on your desk, part of your setup, um, I don't think it's something that's, that's a ridiculous like ask for in terms of that. And I think the pro of having it so easy to connect to your computer, having it right there, being able to uh, uh, use it, I, I think, yeah, it's a little bit pricey, but that it is the gaming tax, so to speak. Yeah, 100%. And it's also cool that it does have the Horizon look. Like, I don't love the Horizon games, but like, damn if that's not a sleek cool look yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah if, you know if i could be transported to one video game world it would be horizon um it would be horizon <laughs> no, absolutely not <laughs> it would probably be like kirby's dream buffet but <laughs> that sounds awesome that sounds great just rolling around in a bunch of like parfaits and whatever so there you go that is the uh angry miyo cyber blade you can check those out on the kickstarter which is linked in the description of this episode you can also um we'll probably like tweet it some images of ours um and whatnot justin you want to talk about the news let's do it all right let's start here with um gamescom this is the european e3 ish type deal up uh, the main event is gamescom opening night live or onl as they kept trying to say which um you can't make that a thing it's not a thing um so gamescom opening night live is it was hosted by I, I thought, I thought mr it was, jeff keely i thought it was like what's it for a second i was like wait is this on oan and i was like no no no, it can't be it was what's oan uh isn't that that like uh like con- conservative group let me just check to make sure i'm not t- saying it wrong um uh, oh, one yeah, american know. news network your news oh no yeah. fuck those people yeah that uh, well uh, <laughs> <laughs> So no. whatever they kept saying that, I was like, that's a weird partnership. <laughs> this, yeah, this year we're partnering with fucking <laughs> Ted piece of shit Cruz. I think that's his middle name. I don't I haven't looked it up. I don't care to do any research on him. Anyway, um Gamescom opening night live, uh 2022, hosted by Jeff Keeley. Uh Justin <laughs> Since I since we've started doing this, I think every single one of Jeff Keeley's shows has gotten worse. Um this was two hours long. I watched the whole thing, and there are three things to talk about from it. What do? You, what did you think? General thoughts of this show? We'll go over the biggest headlines here, but I, I think this stuff is is good for video games. Um, and I and I know like the idea that this is a long production can be a negative thing, but I always think that giving video games a stage like this and the more professional these stages can be and the bigger that they can be, that is not a bad thing. Maybe Agreed. it's bad if you have to watch every moment of it and cover every moment of it, but I still think there is like the ability to drum up interest in something like Gamescom, um, and I think the production value of it was really high, and I think in yeah. a world where a lot of these traditional staged productions in video games are being replaced with uh steam not streamed uh events uh i appreciate this and as unimpressive as some of these announcements were and the overall show was i would not ask for 
them to get rid of it. I think it's I think it's a good thing for games. I, I know what you mean. And I'm, I'm not even like referring to like the quality of the things that were announced, because I think it was pretty much on par with like game awards or even summer games fest, you know, like, yeah, where there is a handful of things where you go like, oh, that was pretty cool. But then other than that, it's just like a lot of other stuff, I guess. It's, I don't know. Like, I don't mean to talk smack about the man. I just find Jeff Keighley to be kind of like a charisma vacuum. <laughs> like, like, I just I just don't find him to be particularly charming. Um the fact that every single announcement has to be a huge hype moment when it's like ah uh, dune mmo like <laughs> you know what i'm saying i'm not i'm not trying to, to shit on the guy i'm just saying that like i think that the way a lot of this stuff is presented is a little bit like eye rolly for me because he'll be like who's excited for this and you get like one guy in the back like whoa and then like <laughs> you know he, he did the he did the like he asked the he asked questions like six times in a row where he's like who's excited to see this thing and like uh, yeah okay all right sure like four people are clapping you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. um so it's just one of those things where i think th you definitely feel the length of these showcases in my opinion oh and, and um, you do feel the length and i think the the one thing i get annoyed by is what is news and what is a commercial and there's there's a yeah. fine line between that and i think that stuff i would rather just be like all right and now we have a commercial for old spice you know and like they're very clear yeah. about that i would prefer that rather than being like so is genshin impact doing something new or do they are they just trying to get more people to play it you know like I, right. I, i'd rather that be more clear um, cause I I'm like, I'm like typing away on my computer, like uh red bull, red bull video game, red bull. Oh, it's an ad. It's red bull. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, red bull card, card game, uh, deck builder. No, and it's a roguelike. Uh, oh no, sorry. It's over. It's an ad. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're taking Let's, notes on these shows can be just impossible. You don't have to do that, man. No, I don't. swear. It, it, someone else <laughs> will do it. Two hours of your yeah, life. Someone else yeah. will do it. Uh, these shows are good to have in the background when you look up every single time. It's like, oh, here's a new thing. You look up and you go. Uh, okay, and then you sort of move on. Uh, we saw what's that? Oh, maybe I, I'm not upset with this because I listen to most of my content on 1.5 speed. <laughs> so, That's the thing I was watching it live. Your so I was like, two oh, and a half hours was my uh, two hours and five minutes. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the real. I, I'm the real sucker here. Um, we saw a little bit more of Callisto Protocol. Uh, this was actually, I think, maybe like. A little bit of a rough look at it, in my opinion, compared to the other times we've seen it. Uh, it still looks good. We saw a little bit of combat stuff. We saw Glenn Schofield came out and talked about how um, if you don't take out the enemies fast enough, they like grow new body parts and mutate sort of in front of your eyes, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, and then we saw a very 2011-esque scene of the main character sliding down a very, very long tube. Uh, sort of having to dodge out of the way by tilting the stick left and right um, of like pillars. It wasn't even that exciting. He was just sliding down and then he gets caught in like a meat grinder and he, he gets pulverized. But Yeah, I think I, I, this is one of those trailers that I saw and this is the first time for the game I was like, ooh. Yeah, it was. It, it didn't look super polished. Yeah. That said, like that sort of visual polish is the last thing that goes onto a game. So like we still have, you know, four months until this game comes out or more like three but um it was one of those things where it's like i maybe we don't need to see more of this if this is what it's going to look like yeah. if we're going to see like sequences like this that are just like run of the mill like oh he's sliding down like it's a, like a tomb raider s like esque sort of thing but and and uh, this is not like me like being a conspiracy theorist here but this would be something that after seeing this i wouldn't be surprised if it got pushed back a few months um 
maybe just because of that like i i i the only reason I think they'd want to rush getting this out is to beat the Dead Space remake. Dead Space. Which yeah. is not the reason to do that because you don't want this to be the thing to set up the Dead Space remake to be like, oh my God, so Correct. much better. But yeah. yeah. Uh, we saw more of Sonic Frontiers and uh, I always get sad when I see Sonic games show up because <laughs> I see a lot of people on Twitter talk about how excited they are. And it's just Charlie Brown and Sally with the football. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> it's just me it fucking bums me out man this game's gonna suck <laughs> it's not gonna be good it's uh, people are like it's by sonic it's a sonic team yeah what have they made <laughs> they um, made sonic forces everyone like and sonic lost world like they're not they're not good at making video games <laughs> that said this did look like you had some environment uh diversity there you saw like a city zone and like a sand place and whatever it wasn't just that one area that we saw for like nine minutes uh over the summer with the ign firsts but like this game it's not gonna be good and it, and it bums me the fuck out because i just watched grown-ass adults get excited for this thing and it just punches them in the mouth every single time <laughs> so i i'm just gonna try to be a little positive here i think yeah. i really hope that this game gets a fair shake in terms of the review cycle um, yeah, and it's not one of those things when people are already coming in hot about it. Yes, um, and I hope that I, I I mean this could be an okay game. I don't think this is going to be the Breath of the Wild Sonic game that it's going to change and reinvent the Sonic genre in such a good way. And not only the <laughs> no. Sonic genre, but it, the video games itself. Um, yes, but I think this does have the ability or the the potential um, to be okay. Um, and I know that's not a ringing endorsement. What does okay mean in terms of review scores or whatever? But I do think there are like a pretty rabid group of Sonic fans out there who do enjoy these games. And of course, maybe yes. this will be the one that uh, that kind of makes it relevant. Um, maybe it's the it just doesn't preview well when you're playing it or watching a trailer of it. But I don't know. Mm. I'm 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 maybe I'm just a helpless romantic, but. Uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I'm not trying to like dunk on this game before it's come out. I've not played it. Oh, trust um, me, it's, it's not just you. It's like the internet. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't think they've done a good job showing this game off. And if like this is what they're saying, like here's our best stuff, and it's like what? Hey, what? <laughs> like it's I, uh, you know what I'm saying? Watch but, it get like a like a 95 on Open Critic. Everyone it, like just like on the bar, the back of the box is like better than Last of Us too. Like <laughs> I cried. Um, and I'm 40. <laughs> like, uh, we saw more of Hogwarts Legacy. I don't know. This is just like more of the game that we've already sort of seen that showing you you got branching paths and whatever else. But yeah, well, there you go. Uh, we saw some of Gotham Knights. This every single time Gotham Knights shows up at one of these showcases, I'm like, all right, time to get some water, use the bathroom real quick. Like, just something is not on my radar that I don't care about. Are you? Is that something you're into? Um, it's on my fantasy team. So in terms of yeah. being semi invested in it, I'm there. Uh, I just, uh, it could be okay. It could be fine. I just don't know. Yeah. Um, I have never, and I know that this game series is held in high regard. I have never been insanely in love with the Batman Arkham series. Um, I like Arkham city. I think that's a good one, but then it just like kept getting bigger and kept doing that. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be that guy, but I really did enjoy Arkham Knight. You did enjoy it? I did. Is that bad? Yeah. Like, even the tank stuff wasn't horrible, with the exception 
of the stealth tank boss fight. That is the only one I'll, I will say that is a horrible fight. Um, I think you're entitled to liking that. The game, but but like even when game, people I mean, are, even yeah. when people are saying like, uh, I mean, it's just not like a, a series I'm fond of in a positive way. But maybe this will be a good one. But it really doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like genre defying, um, or even Batman defying like the other ones did. Can I be honest? I generally don't care about superhero video games for like established superheroes. You're looking at me and you're being like, uh, Spider Man. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, okay. It's fun. What about that Iron Man game they canceled? That was that's cool. Yeah, I guess. Remember it? I I remember when it didn't happen. Yeah, uh, it was canceled, wasn't it? Um, I mean, they're still on (laughs) their holiday event. (laughs) It's still open. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, like I don't know. Like people talk about Spider Man, like it's a ten out of ten, and like I think it's a good game, but it's probably like an eight for me. Like it's pretty good. I don't like anything really about it other than the swinging. But I like that swinging so fucking much that <laughs> eight out of ten. it's an eight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Uh, it's a good game. I'm not trying to cause oh, drama no, here. I heard, I, I heard you said loud and clear. You hate it. Yeah. It's the worst game ever. I hate it. It's terrible. Spider-Man sucks. Tom Holland should never touch the spider outfit again. Um, no. Well, now, well, yeah, no, you said that. You there. said it. Here's the context. When when in in far from what's the new one? I didn't no like way how they home. named these games, these movies. No way home. Is that what it was called? No, that was this Magneto one, not Magneto, Mysterio one. No, no that it was, was no far way from home. home. Far from home was when he yeah, was overseas. Yeah, yeah. No way home is when he's yeah. Across the no multi. way home when it ends with spoilers. Him like with his homemade suit, like swinging around in a shitty apartment. I'm like rock hard in the theater. I'm like wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, I was like, I was sitting there like, I'm not getting up out of this seat until we see the next Spider-Man movie. I'm like, no, give me another two and a half to three hours right now. Like, I'm not leaving. Um, Spider-Man is just a very good character. Uh, Anyway, uh, Dune Awakening is an MMO about Dune. I got a question, Justin. You're a book reader. You ever read Dune? Every time I think about it, I don't. You, did you watch the movie with Mr. Chalamet and Miss Zendaya? No, I, I did. I did not. I did not watch it. Um, I just I, I it's like one of those things that there's so much of it that yeah. I feel it's intimidating to start. I just I don't. Is there a Dune resurgence happening right now or has there always been a lot of Dune shit? Because like I feel like at, at, at every single one of these showcases, it's like new Dune game announcement. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Like, why are, is there enough? That people are buying, like playing RTSs and MMOs and like survival crafting games for Dune. I mean, I think at the very least there is a loud audience for it. I think the movie did fine in terms of like its sales and stuff like that, and people are just pri- trying to get off, like you know, use that to to try to get some more games and stuff in there. I would assume. Um, you know how these marketing things like kind of connect with each other. Like even the I Frontiers do. of Pandera, Pandora game, um, is that a game that we need? No, it's just like it's connected to um, Avatar, and people go apeshit over Avatar. So let's try to make more money of it. I can't blame people for doing that, but I just don't think Dune is going to be the the property that suddenly uh, changes video games. I. Agreed. I just every time I see it, I'm like, why are we seeing more of this game? Um, speaking of Timothy Chalamet, though, we got Lies of P, which is this Pinocchio Bloodborne game. And you're giving me a face. Tell me that that kid is not Timothy Chalamet. 
tell me that the, the guy who looks like who's a Pinocchio in this game is not Timothy Chalamet. You can't. You um, can't, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I just didn't think of it that way. I was like, am I missing something? Is no, it's him. It's him. Um, I don't know. That looks fun. Uh, I think it's got a terrible name, but <laughs> like Lies of P is terrible. Uh, I'll play this because it's coming to Game Pass. We are the Lies of P. P. Yeah. P. <laughs> I, I like thank that. You, That's you. funny. <laughs> uh, uh, how did I get past them? Uh, the shrubbery. I was in the musical. It gets me a shrubbery. Oh, that's right. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, I'll play that. It's on Game Pass. I'll like do the opening a little bit and be like, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I imagine people are gonna get really into it because it's like people are so horny for like Bloodborne that mm-hmm. they'll just like take whatever. That they'll um, remember but, that Elden Ring's a thing and go back and play it uh, using a Guitar Hero controller or something. I've been thinking about going back and doing a Magic build of Elden Ring, and then I realized that I have a lot of other stuff to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like I think I, I I played Elden Ring and I was like that might be the only time I ever get to play it, which is a shame because it's really good. But um, another thing we saw here, this was like the final thing that they announced is uh, Dead Island Two. Um, which the trailer was like exactly what you would expect. We talked about this last week when, uh, it's release date leaked and, and all this sort of stuff. Like, I don't know. I know people are excited for this. I imagine because they made it like the final thing, but it's like, it's like one of those games. It's like the game that I expected this game to be right. Like, I don't know. Did you see anything here that you were like, Whoa, that was great. That was crazy. I'm going to play this game now. No. Um, and I think that goes back to the fact that I barely was able to to play or uh, I barely wanted to play the original one. Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> that was a that was a very it was funny. They kept they like made a censored version of the trailer of like the gameplay trailer. But then like the story, like a fully animated trailer was like the goriest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And then he's like laughing, like as he's like wrapping up the show, like go watch the unrated trailer on YouTube. And it's like unrated. This is the Internet. Like, <laughs> like just put the trailer on. Like I watched him slice the zombie's face open and their eyeball was hanging out. Like what? Like, where's the line, Mr. Keeley? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, whatever. Yeah, I think uh, I wonder if this would have been more impactful had it not leaked. Yeah, probably. Like, it would have probably that would have probably been yeah. It, it pretty it, pretty much like whoa, it would, it's it, happening. Yeah, it would have been I think a little bit more exciting for people to be like, oh my gosh, it's actually happening. Like, so that's probably why it was the last announcement. It's just like that, you know, the the whole the video game leak culture of things yeah. that it kind of just ruins that that moment for it. So I still think it's you know cool that they have it, but not necessarily something I'm looking forward to personally. Three more things here that I okay. want to talk about. First, we saw um, High on Life, which is that Justin Roiland game that we were talking about that got delayed into December. Uh, and wow, that game does not stop talking, huh? We saw a little boss f- encounter and like, I don't know, man. I'll play this because it's on Game Pass and it's my job. But like, wow, we just like constantly just not stop talking. What? How did you feel about this? So I, I'm going to be honest, like watching the the gameplay of this actually sold me like uh, I'm uh, looking right now at an IG and a 25 minutes of gameplay of it. Watching this game in motion and watching the 25 minutes it's still chatty at times, but it feels more contained at parts. So it doesn't seem as like, I don't think this game is a good trailer game because they just pull out the sound bites. Um, yeah. Kind of watching it at a slower pace and seeing you interact with characters and go around the open world and like the world. It just seems like a fun world. 
I think the thing that's concerning is that boss battle gameplay did not look fun to me. It looked like I would be frustrated and swearing at my it, it TV. It looks just like shoot, 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 shoot. Like yeah. no impact on the boss. Like um, so, just so that they can get their lines out. Yeah, like, and like also like uh, the the swinging around the the um, you know yeah. acid kind of stuff. Like I just I wonder if the game is going to feel good to play. But I guess the good thing about this is that it doesn't matter because it's on Game Pass. So I'll be able to try it without financially hurting myself. And the worst thing that can happen, Peter, is I play it for 10 minutes and stop. The best thing that happen is uh, it's a not it's a 95 out of 100. And uh, 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 it's it's awesome. They said it's 10 to 20 hours you, and then a bunch of side stuff. That's, so like, that's my sweet honest, spot. Yeah, if it, if it is like fine to get through yeah i'll, I'll do 10 hours yeah i just, just i just like, actually had like a you know a 15 to 20 hour cutscene in xenoblade i got through exactly so. right so like <laughs> half of that spent you know hanging out with fucking rick and morty or whatever <laughs> uh one more th- so another thing uh hideo kojima announced a podcast jeff Keeley was like we need hideo kojima bring him here and he was sitting in front of like a soundboard and like the spotify logo and i was like that's an odd placement and then he's like, I'm doing a podcast. And it made me laugh because I'm like, is Hideo Kojima going to like a recording studio to do this podcast? Is he not in his like living room? <laughs> um, it's going to be in English and Japanese. And it is called Brain Structure. And it is a, quote, deep dive into Hideo Kojima's brain, uh, like talking about game development and his creative process, which I think is kind of a cool, um, a cool thing. I don't know. I think Hideo Kojima as a creator is really, really interesting. Um, and a podcast for that would be really cool. It's weird that not weird it just like felt like it's not a jeff keely show if hideo kojima doesn't show up and not announce a video game right like <laughs> yeah it's probably like one of those things too like they're probably friends enough to the f- fact where it's oh they like, definitely hey, are hey, right bud, you got anything um i'll give you i'll give you a stage people expect it he's like i'm doing a podcast he's like you and everyone else yeah, but yeah yeah um but hey maybe it'll be maybe it'll be interesting i always look for i'll listen to it a new yeah. podcast and i think the more we hear inside the minds of video game creators and like what they do sakurai's just doing it for you know smash and his design philosophies yeah, he uh, is, yeah. so like perhaps you know it's just an interesting way to hear how people think i think that was one of the most interesting parts when i read ask Awada, that book um mm-hmm. when he would talk about uh miyamoto and just how in awe he was of Miyamoto as a creative and like just his like vision and stuff and like hearing him geek out about Miyamoto when I'm sure Miyamoto would geek out about Awada in the same way. Yeah. Uh, I just think that's cool to kind of hear inside these legendary minds. And I think the more big names you get in video games, uh, the the better video games are because you don't have, you know, as many like there are some like famous like directors and creative minds in video games, but the more you have, the more celebrity status you give them, just the more interest you get in video games. So, uh, yeah, yeah, but weird announcement all the same. <laughs> Last thing here, Justin, Jeff Keeley's like, so I wanted to see if, uh, Sony would show up to this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, are we getting like God of war? Like, yeah. what is it? And he's like, uh, check out their new controller. And it's like, Oh, and it's, the PlayStation DualSense Edge, and it's a pro controller. Uh, I don't love the design of it. Uh, it looks like it's got like the back paddles. It looks like uh, you can change the way that the the triggers work, similar to like how the Xbox Pro controller, the Xbox Elite, you can like make it just like a mouse click instead of like a full press, which I think is kind of cool. Um, 
and it looks like you can fully remove the um what are those called the pots for the sticks which is huge because i don't know if you, about you i definitely have some drift on one of my sticks on one of my uh dual senses but i don't know i will not buy this i imagine this is gonna be 250 dollars, and i'd rather just <laughs> roll with either just a regular one or invest in buying like a scuff one which are like really cool designer colors and stuff like that um if this is over 200 dollars, i think that's a mistake um from Agreed. from them uh, I honestly, though, if I had a choice between this and the Elite controller, I would have probably gone for this just because I am more in the in the Sony uh, ecosystem and just more familiar with that. And I do feel like uh, the I'm not great with the the button on the Elite um, and the jump button for whatever reason. I'm just not used to those controllers as much. Um, but the Elite's got like a lot of issues too, doesn't it? Just in terms of like actually fucking functioning as a controller. Yeah. So, and <laughs> I just hate that I spent that much money on a controller that I don't like using. Yeah. Um, so I think that would be the biggest barrier for this, but yeah, I don't need this. Um, and I know I can say that and then buy stuff all the time, but I don't, I don't think this is something that is I'm missing out on, uh, no. by not having in any way. Cause I love the dual sense enough. I love when, when you have that cool dual, dual sense functionality. Um, that's cool. I don't need the paddles. Nope. No, literally not at all. Uh, like I said, if I was going to buy some, if I was going to spend this much on a controller, I'd, I'd get like a Joy-Con, like just a single Joy-Con, like a cool one, yeah, just one Joy-Con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go, Gamescom O N L, as apparently we're calling it now. O A N. Speaking of Sony and money, uh, they're being sued for almost six billion dollars. Uh, it's in a class action lawsuit. Uh, basically, uh, some people are accusing. Uh, who is this? Uh, it is a a uh, consumer rights advocacy group named unnamed here uh oh weird unnamed everywhere odd anyway a consumer rights advocacy group in europe uh is suing sony for anti-consumer cus- uh, practices by ripping people off um with the sale of digital games basically saying they have a monopoly on the sale of digital games and they charge uh they have a 30% charge on all sales, um, which is pretty standard for most digital storefronts. I think Epic games doesn't have that. Um, but like, what was it? Um, uh, 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 Apple had something similar about like all in-game purchases. You get a 30, they get took 30% of that cut. Um, $6 billion though is a lot of money. Um, it, that is a lot of money and they are looking to pay that out to, uh, basically anyone who has in the UK, uh, used the PlayStation store since August of 2016. So that's, I mean, a long time. That's like, you know, six years of, of that. I'll be curious to see if this goes through, um, right. And how much of a, uh, how sound the, the argument is against Sony, uh, but it's not unheard of that this sort of thing would go through and that Sony would have to pay up when you just look at, you know, uh, the Apple store and, and everything that happened with with Epic Games and, and all that uh, two years ago. What do you think? Two ways to look at it. First way is that Sony's being greedy. Um, second sure. way is that the only reason video games are $100 each right now is because the profits that are made on games that you would usually deal with, like 
printing and, you know, pressing discs or whatever they do with them, uh, that money, instead of being spent on as many discs, um, is taken and uh, gotten through the digital sales aspect of things. Um, So uh, I I think ultimately... uh, this is one of those things I, got, I would have to see the numbers from Sony's perspective to know for sure. Um, but this is not just a Sony problem. This is a lot of digital storefront problems. And I think this yep. could open up a can of worms. So I would be interested to see how this gets resolved. Um, and if Sony does lose, open up those pocketbooks, uh, big companies, because uh, they're coming for you. And um, video games uh, uh, are going to go up in price. And I don't think people Agreed. want that um, at all. No, and it's, it's, I don't know. I, I sort of see both sides of increasing the prices on that sort of thing. Similarly, um, PlayStation also announced that it is going to be increasing the price of the PlayStation 5. Uh, pretty much everywhere in the world except for the United States. I think they realized that if they did that, this entire country would collapse. Um, <laughs> I mean, we Fan are Fanboys so... everywhere were just start attacking each other, and it would be the... It, 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 we are already just hanging on by a fucking thread yeah, in the United yeah. States here. Um, that if this happened, I think the, I think the, this country would burn to the ground. Um, so instead they just, they just only hit Europe, the United Kingdom, Japan, China, Australia, Mexico, and Canada only. Okay. That's it. (laughs) Um, that's all, uh, there is, you know, they, they posted their chart of this. They basically cited like, Hey, with inflation and like the economic environment, uh, is challenging, which, Hey, that's true. And you are, you know, a company that is looking to make money off of consoles we've said this before we've talked about this these companies aren't making money off of console sales they're just not right they're losing money in the in to to get a user base and then making it up in like game sales and then you know after they after they make their costs back on console sales if this you know assuming they sell enough uh and i imagine that because it's been so hard to get consoles um and and like ship them and produce them and, and everything that they are taking a look at this and going like, okay, we need to actually make more off of these. Um, so I'm not going to read you the exact, like every single price increase, but across the board, um, the prices of these have gone up anywhere as much as roughly 15 United States dollars to 58. There's a great chart on, um, PS source. It's my friend, Kevin runs, um, a YouTube channel and a Twitter account at PS source, uh, where he breaks down exactly what the numbers are for each of those increases. Um, so like Europe, it's going to be $49 and 76 cents more expensive than it once was. And that's in us dollars. Right. Um, whereas in Canada, it's, it's 20 more Canadian dollars, $15 and 41 cents here. Um, I kind of go both ways on this and I'm curious what you think, because like, I've seen a lot of people like very upset over this. And then I've also seen a bunch of people being like, well, a company has to do what a company has to do. And you know, like, I'm sort of in the middle is what I'm trying to say. I think, yes, a company has to do what they need to do to be able to pay people. Right. And not take a huge loss. That said, you know, Sony, you, you were not anticipating a global pandemic. Of course not. And and this shortage of parts and stuff, but at the end of the day, you were launching these consoles for the price that you set. Like you're just probably gonna have to eat that cost. You're a huge multi-billion dollar company. You can't, you can take that loss. And it's not like people don't want the PlayStation five. It's not like it's not selling. Right. What do you think, man? Um, 
the way Sony handles PlayStation is that PlayStation is the little, the good little child of the Sony family, and they don't subsidize mm. their other departments with what they do. Like they're not the kind of company that, all right, we're going to lose a bunch in this money, but then we're going to have this part of our company pay for the, the losses and stuff like that. So. Yes. I don't think this is a situation when you look at Sony as a whole and you're looking at their numbers, you see that, oh my goodness, Sony is just making money hand over fist and they're just trying to gouge more money. Um, Sony would do this logically to me, and I could be speaking out my butt here, but like when I'm trying to think about why the company would do this, they're doing this because they're looking at the cost and they're seeing how much their games division is pulling in and they're losing money that way. it's interesting they don't do it in the U.S. market, um, but you already look at like overseas and and you know games cost more overseas than they do in, in America to begin with. Consoles cost yeah. more overseas than they do in America to begin with, um, and I'm sure it's costing them more money to get systems and games over there. So they're trying to account for this, um, but I don't care. I don't care if Sony really is losing money enough that they need to bring these prices up. This is just bad PR. Um, this looks so bad. Right? I mean, just terrible. Right. right. So yeah. I could sit here and make excuses for Sony all, all day long, but the second you take something away from a consumer that they've been paying for one thing for, or if this was free, now you're going to pay for it, that's bad business. That is bad yeah. marketing. Um, it looks bad. So there are other ways to fix those losses other than ri- raising this money, um, the prices of these consoles. Uh, I just think it looks terrible. It's an unforced error. And granite, uh, the global inflation rates are, aren't great right now. But um, it just adds to the narrative that they are money hungry. Um, yes. And it adds to a negative image to Sony that uh, I think right now you look at Microsoft as the perfect counter to this. Um, they are constantly saying things about, it's not about the money, it's about the consumers, it's about this kind of stuff. And I, 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 that's great they say that. They back it up with with money. They back it up with what they're doing. They back it up with the fact that they lose money, I'm sure, on a lot of these deals that they do. Um, and uh, they just look better for this. And uh, it's little things like this that start to add up, I think, for Sony. And if you're living in these territories, you're already having trouble getting it, raising the price like this, that is just... That is really just dogpiling on everything uh, if you can't get one and then they raise the price for it. Yeah. So it's it's like I said, I go both ways on it. Right. Of being like, yes, it is true that that things cost more now. But Sony, like you, you did that. You launched this console like and people want it and people want it really bad. And you are, what you are doing here is you are pushing people away. People who've been trying to get it for two fucking years, right? And and, and now you're saying, and it's going to cost you more. And it's like, well, okay, actually, you know what? I think I'm good. So, yeah, uh, this sucks. Um, uh, Nintendo and Microsoft not raising the prices of their <laughs> consoles. Uh, basically, uh, both have been have made public statements saying like, uh, "Nope, we're not going to do that." Uh, Xbox, Microsoft said, "We are constantly evaluating our businesses." This is um, to VGC. Link to this will be in the description. Uh, we are constantly evaluating our business to offer our fans great gaming options. A spokesperson said, "Our Xbox Series S suggested retail price remains from uh, this is in euros, 250 euros, and the Xbox Series X is from 500 euros." I mean. 
same with the US dollars, right? And that's the thing too that Xbox is able to sort of fall back on and say like, uh, we actually do offer a but more budget gaming experience and that's Xbox Series S. Um, and then uh, let's see, the UK, uh, Nintendo uh, UK branch said this, as our president, Mr. Furukawa stated at the 82nd annual general meeting of shareholders in June, while we cannot comment on pricing strategies, we currently do not have any plans to change the price of our hardware due to inflation or increased uh, procurement costs in each country. We will determine our future pricing strategies uh, through careful and continued deliberations. Um, yep, Nintendo just also just doesn't have plans on doing that. So there you go. Uh, now, it's bad now, luck. Granted, if Nintendo wants to raise prices for their systems, they'll just introduce an iterative console, um, <laughs> OLED, I mean, and then raise yeah. the price that way. So, I mean, they, yeah. everyone has the ways to do this. But, again, unforced error. Sony could have been like, we are releasing this new version of the of uh, PlayStation with a slightly different interior stuff, and it has a little bit better performance, and we're raising the prices. Uh, people would have and less, it's a little bit smaller. Yeah, people would have right? less issues yeah. with that if it was even just a little um, iteration to it. But agreed. Uh, hurting so hard for cash, though, PlayStation is that they bought Savage Game Studios. Uh, <laughs> the Savage Game Studios, I'd never heard of these people. Uh, they are primarily a mobile team. Uh, they've, yeah, um, according to the, their press junket from PlayStation, from PlayStation blog, um, yep, many years of many years of experience making some of the most popular mobile games enjoyed by players around the world. Uh, they don't actually list what games they have made, do they? Um, um, I didn't know if they actually made games. They were just like re founded a few years ago, and they um, their goal was to oh create yeah by twenty twenty. Their goal was to create um, a triple A mobile game, which the fuck does that? How's mean? that? <laughs> what does that mean, Justin? That means Genshin Impact. Yeah, I guess. And the New York Times crossword app. Um, <laughs> Wordle. <laughs> I guess, right? Uh, yeah, but I, it seems as if they have not yet. But hey, they got bought by Sony. Um, this seems to be sort of in line with a with what Microsoft is doing as well. Ma making that, you know, pivot to saying, hey, mobile gaming is important to us as well. Got, you know, they just launched the PlayStation Backbone. Um, would be cool to play something first party on here, right? It always is cool when I play a... Um, you know, a cloud, uh, a cloud game or, you know, streaming from my Xbox uh, using a backbone because I'm like, hey, Xbox has thought about this. Xbox has done this and tested this and it works right with um, PlayStation Remote Play. It always sort of felt like a like a afterthought. And so if they're going to be investing in mobile gaming, more power to them. Um, they also said that the PlayStation VR 2 is coming in early 2023. They just put that up on Instagram. And then they said, we can't wait to tell you what else is coming out later this week. And do you press do increase? You, do you know how I knew that? I knew that because when they had the PlayStation VR direct or state of play, they were like, it was like coming Resident to PSVR 2 in yeah. 2023. <laughs> like, oh, I wonder yeah. why. Okay. Oh, smart guys. Yeah, I don't know. This is hardly news. I mean, like, give us a price. Show us more of this. I don't know. It's just weird. It's, right? it's free because they're subsidizing its cost through the foreign markets. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, is, if this is $500, who buys this? No one, right? I, I can't. I won't. I'd rather get a Steam I Deck. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I would rather get a Steam Deck. I'd rather get an, uh, 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 what's the Steam one? Um, is it HTC Vive? Is yeah, that what I that think is? So. No. I think, uh, no, well, it's it, not. It's the Index, Valve Index. It, Index, Vive. What's the, the Metaverse and one? The Oculus. Oculus. Yeah, I mean, like, I would literally buy anything else other than that. Um, 
To play what? Horizon <laughs> Call of the Wild or whatever it was? Don't care. I might still buy it. <sighs> my job. I wouldn't. I, to be honest, I probably would not. Because um, it's just one of those things where it's like, this will be supported for four months. Yeah, my, and by my, that, I mean we will get three games for it. My PSVR is currently sitting in a basket with all my old controllers in it right now. So I think that tells That's you. That's kind of cute. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> yeah. It played, played Moss Book 2 and that was the swan song. It, good game. Solid game. Yeah. Um, two more two more news stories here. I know we're going a little bit long, but uh, we had a lot to talk about with the angry Mio. I don't even. I'm not even totally sure if that's how you say it, but there's a lot of vowels, right? Be angry about it. They'll be angry. With the Cyberblade, we talked so much about that, and Gamescom opening night live or Onel, as Mr. Keeley just kept kept saying. He kept saying like, "What do you guys think? Do you like Onel?" And there was like quiet in the audience. He went, ha, 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 all right. You know how he does? And then he moved on. Um, that didn't happen. But and The only person reacting in the audience is Hideo Kojima. He's just in the back. <laughs> he goes, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, Phil Spencer, though, I, I'm a little confused by this. He was interviewed in, uh, by Bloomberg, but since I don't have a Bloomberg subscription, I don't have a spare $500 sitting around as much as Sony likes to think I do. Um, he... He gave an interview where he said that um, games being made available on multiple systems is better for the long-term health of the industry than products tied to a single platform. And then um, he went on to say that console exclusives are, quote, something we're just going to see less and less of. Um, that is a quote from a an article from, by on VGC by Tom Ivan. It's interesting. I guess I'm trying to figure out what he means by this because like he's saying, you know, console exclusives are, you're going to be seeing less and less of, are, is he referring, do you think to like the fact that you can play halo infinite on an Xbox one and an Xbox series S and an Xbox series X, or is he referring to the fact that you can play Warzone on PlayStation and Xbox? Uh, I think it, it's to the idea that um, they own Call of Duty and they don't want to limit it to just Xbox because that doesn't make financial sense for them. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think as video games consolidate and these these companies consolidate into bigger organizations, more people get acquired, um, the more incentive they're going to be to get those games on as many platforms as possible because the money mm -hmm. will be not in the front loaded deal it will be in the fact that they can be played everywhere, which to be honest does kind of seem to confuse me with the game pass model <laughs> a little bit like you know play play the games here yeah on your subscription but i don't know I, I i think uh i do think that this is him saying like look we made a lot of money with minecraft playing it wherever you can we're not going to stop doing yeah. that stuff and we're not going to do things to that don't make financial sense to just have an exclusive on our console because i think ultimately microsoft's plan 10 years from now is wherever you have a TV, you can just stream cloud games uh, yep. from game pass. That's what they want. 100%. So yeah, cool. Um, Cause I, I also think it is much more likely that we would see something like Xbox exclusive games, like halo or whatever coming to PlayStation over God of war coming to Xbox. Like, I think, I think that's the sort of thing like over my dead body quote, Jim Ryan. Um, whereas like Phil Spencer's like, yeah, I don't care. Like, is it on Game Pass? Is Game Pass on PlayStation yet? Yeah, you know. Um, every day I pick up my Switch, I go, damn, I wish I had Game Pass on this. <sighs> I mean, I just... 
I, for me, I think that sort of thing is a matter of time until they just finally get the right, you know, deal to, to happen. I know that a few years ago, uh, Phil Spencer said, like, yeah, we talked to him. We talked to both Nintendo and uh, Sony, and they just they had no interest in having it on their platform. But I, I think it is a matter of time. But yeah, it's, I think it's an odd thing, though, that, that Phil Spencer would be like, yeah, I think, you know, exclusives are going to be uh, happening less and less now as they're sort of still buying up so many companies. It's still to be seen how much of those games are going to be exclusives. But we do know that like Starfield, Elder Scrolls, that sort of stuff like is going to be exclusive to Xbox games, uh, Xbox consoles. So who knows? Only time uh, will tell. Let's talk about the acquisition that didn't happen. Um, okay, so uh, this past week, uh, USA Today reporter, what is his name? I follow him on Twitter, Kirk Cobain. What? Uh, Kirk, Mc- uh, nope, close though. Kirk McKeend, um wrote an article saying that. Um, so USA Today report claimed that Amazon was planning to make an offer to purchase publishing giant EA. Conflicting reports have now emerged from CNBC, however, that say there are no acquisition plans in place. So basically, USA Today reporter said, hey, um, EA is going to be purchased by Amazon. And then there were some rumors saying, like, mm, not going to happen. Here's the updated story. So this is an IGN article titled uh, Amazon EA Acquisition Rumors Spark Confusion by Ryan Dinsdale. Uh, so this was immediately updated later that day. USA Today's report claiming that Amazon would today make an offer to buy Electronic Arts has been react- uh, retracted, with the journalist behind the article also expressing doubt over its accuracy. The original report was updated multiple times in the hours after CNBC disputed its reporti- reporting. Slowly but surely, stepping away from its fairly explicit declaration that Amazon would make EA an offer. Earlier today, G8, uh, GLHF, a gaming esports outlet and contender, a content partner of USA Today's For the Win, ran a version of this story on our website that violated our editorial standards regarding the use of unnamed and unvetted sources. The page now reads. Kirk McGeend, the journalist behind the article, also said on Twitter, if you get something wrong in games journalism, it's a bit like when you work behind a bar and drop a pint glass. And everybody cheers, except instead of cheering, they just check more pint glasses at you. He continued. Also, CNBC said it isn't happening today, which isn't the same as it isn't happening. And if I turn out to be wrong, then I was wrong. It happens. It's the first time it's happened to me with a report like this, but it was bound to happen eventually. So he just he got it wrong. He had the wrong information. Sometimes that happens. Uh, It's a shame that something that is a very big um incorrect statement right that ended up like a lot of people were talking about this um but it was pretty quickly proven to be false um there yeah there you go what do you think yeah it's just uh, another thing to uh be careful about the internet and be careful about how quick information can get out there and how sometimes it's important to sit on a story till you know for a fact it's true um and it seems like I the interesting thing is when he says it isn't happening today, um, but something like this could destroy a deal that would be happening like this, like put like getting put out there and then like, you know, stock prices changing and up and down and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I you just got to be careful. Uh, and I think um, journalism degrees are things that can often be laughed at or you don't need a journalism degree to be a journalist but you do you got to learn journalism ethics you gotta you know stuff like this happens and i think yeah like like this is a mistake i could make yeah you know what i mean like like, and and what here's the fucked up thing about here i'll tell you something i learned in journalism school that does not apply to 
video games journalism. Um, in journalism school, I learned that you should never use anonymous sources because the credibility of an anonymous source is zero. It could be anyone. It could be you. It could be me. I could have made it up, right? That's all anything is in video games journalism is anonymous sources, right? How, so what do you do? You know what I mean? If you have a source saying this thing and you just go, fuck, okay, yeah, let's run the story. It's, a, it's you know, leak or it's, you know, this news it broke early, whatever. You, you go with it. Uh, in video games journalism. Yeah. In, in real journalism, you don't do that. <laughs> you just, you don't do that. But that's just how it goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, like, there is a power with journalism. And I understand, like, like again, I'm not I'm not a journalist specifically. I don't pretend to be a journalist. I like to read the news and talk about what I think about the news. Um, sure. And I, I, I think that, and it's not just video games. I know video games because I'm hyper-focused in this industry. But I think with the internet, what news is and how things can be reported is different than, than traditional, carefully vetted journalistic sources and things like that. How, mu how, yes. how much news do we get from looking at updates on Twitter um, or social media and things like that, how stories break that way. The information gets out there so quick and it's so easy to have false information that I think the best thing in life is to have doubt when you hear news um, and then wait for more sources to report on it. I think the unfortunate thing with this story specifically was USA Today is the one who kind of like launched this, right? Like the, like a big source that people are like, is, is, or is it? Kirk McKean writes for USA Today. Oh, okay, so someone from USA Today says this, so people associate, okay, wait a second, USA Today says this or whatever, but. I think something that you're sort of speaking to though uh, is emblematic of an issue with games journalism. Um, and by the way, never type games journalism into YouTube <laughs> or really any search engine. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you how it is. I'll tell you how it is from the inside. Um, I don't know Kirk McGee personally, uh, but he writes for USA today. And that is not a place that you write for. If you haven't, if you don't have any experience writing, right? It is really easy to tell someone like for someone like me who I, I have a degree in journalism. It's really easy for me to tell the people who do and the people who don't. And, um, Games journalism and entertainment journalism is really the only journalism industry where like you don't need a degree to do it. You can just start doing it and like it's kind of okay. Um because exactly what you're saying. Me, if I read that, you got to go like, "Whoa, who's saying that?" Like, okay, so he's saying that, but what who's this source? Right? Or who's he talking to? Can we talk to them? Can we reach out to them for a statement? Like that's what you have to do. Whereas I think a lot of games journalism and entertainment journalism in general, um, we'll see this and just go, yeah, okay, sure. You know, because, because so many of the people who are writing, and this isn't a judgment, not everyone has the budget and time to go to journalism school. Some people just want to write about video games because it's fun. Um, but like, not everyone I think has the judgment to be able to say like, um, hold on, maybe we should double back on this. So what I'm trying to say is I think you're totally right. Yeah. Um, As always. And if, Well, I'm not always right. Uh, but like, I think that it's just... It's one of those things that happens, and yeah. uh, sometimes things get picked up in, the, in 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 a way that that blossoms into a bigger story than it should be. But I think the thing that's interesting is the reason this ballooned up to what it was is because, truth or not, this sounds like something that could happen tomorrow. <laughs> I, would, I mean, when I read this, I was like, yeah, okay. that makes sense. Yeah, I guess like, that makes yeah, sense. All, right. all the companies, Amazon doing that, and Amazon has done things like this before, what I would call a shrewd move um, to acquire yeah. something uh, to make itself bigger. And um, I think 
it's it's hard for me to tell what the long-term uh, implications of this would be, but I think this would probably be a, a good. Um, Amazon clearly has that interest in there. They have the kind of capital to do this kind of stuff, but um, it would be interesting to see what EA, how EA would shift, if at all. Um, but I mean, I go to Whole Foods nowadays, and I'm not like, oh shit, Amazon's everywhere. You know, <laughs> like I don't feel like sure. I don't feel like it's. I, I really don't go to Whole Foods that much, but I don't feel like Amazon has like Jeff Bezos is watching me around every corner. I I, I feel like, you know, they will keep it working and they will keep it doing what it's doing to make money. Um, I can, I will also just say, Kirk McKean took this like a fucking champ. Yeah, like just said I was wrong. I'm sorry. You know, people are wrong. Like it happens. Today was my day to be the, the person who's wrong. Instead of, I think a lot of people tend to like double down on this sort of stuff when they're like, well, no, 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 I was told. Like, he's just like, yep, I was wrong. And he, I will say, he does really nail it on the head where it's like, uh, it's like when you work at a bar and you drop a glass, like everyone cheers, yeah. except instead of cheering, they just throw a lot of glasses at you. Like, I've been that guy. Uh, and hey, that's not fun. Um, yeah, and, and I, I, I did. Yeah. I did laugh at that response and stuff. But again, this is that response. I mean, grant on this IGN article, they report it, but you don't always hear that part of the story. You don't hear the, the right. person. You just are like, oh, that idiot. But like eh, it happens. So there you go. That's the news. Justin. Video games we've been playing. It's easy. <laughs> it's simple. It's Xenoblade. It is Xenoblade. Um. Similar to last week, I imagine we're not going to talk like exact story spoilers, yeah, because uh, uh, it's it's a long game, and hey, I wouldn't want this spoiled for me. Um, you said you were at the very final boss, yeah, and I had to stop playing because I'm like, I'm sure I could probably beat this, but like knowing how this game goes, it'll be like a four hour cutscene slash battle slash whatever yes. experience it is. So I'm like, I need a moment for this. I can't just rush it when I'm like ready to go to work the next morning. <laughs> it's what I'm up to tonight. As soon as we're done with this, uh, I'm going to try and finish yeah, this thing. Yeah. I was actually trying to have it done by the time we talked, but it just didn't happen. Um, I am like, from what we said earlier, it seems like I'm on the second to last boss. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm like, what 20 minutes behind you 30 minutes behind you probably yeah 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 um i've gotten all the heroes i've had fun with this game i'm ready for my time with xenoblade chronicles 3 to be over i've really enjoyed it um i think that here's my hot take my my two cents i think at this point the game has peaked i think the best part of the game was everything that happens in chapter five uh, the, the, like the that chapter five final section there, I think, is the absolute best part of this game. And then it, it was kind of like the whole emotional core of it, like the whole emotional story was right there. And then the last two chapters for me have sort of felt like they needed a reason to keep going because they were like, oh, I guess we didn't resolve like the big problem. So let's do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I guess I guess we'll just have to go there. But there's like really not any emotional stakes to it for me it, at all. It, it's a problem of escalation, I think. Um, it's like Agreed. this huge moment happens. Characters are changed. Things are forever different. Um, good realizations. Good finding out about stuff. And then as you keep going, it's like it doesn't hit to that point. And it, near the end of, of Chapter 7, before you get to the final location, there's like this like cutscene that's supposed to be epic. But I'm like... Yeah, I feel the epic music. I feel your urgency as characters, but I don't think the story deserved to get to this point. 
without spoiling anything, what are you referring to? Uh, the the r- water scene through the mist. Y- yes, where it's like, no, I know what's going to happen. They're going to make, like, <laughs> I know. And, like, uh, yeah. yeah, you essentially spend the whole game, like, liberating these colonies, and, like, that's what you're doing the whole time. And there's never this moment where you have people looking at each other being like, we got to turn on the people who started this. Was that what that kind of like again? It, not it, spoiling, yeah, but yeah. was that what that that's, was? That, yeah, that's what it kind of like seemed like they were going with it, but they didn't lead you to that point. And there's there's so many like cool characters and like all those heroes that are the leaders of these colonies. Like if they had a moment where all those characters are like, "Fuck it, we're we're gonna we're we're gonna bring our people, we're gonna do this kind of stuff," and maybe it'll get like that at the very end. But like the build when it goes to from, build to it right when you yeah. have these character stories you've resolved some of the character stories now the heroes are the ones taking over and the heroes have created this revolution and it's not just the the six of them who are going to take over it's going to be everyone else and I, it just is missing that build to make me like fucking like go at the end it would be the like a follow-up to one of the first scenes right when when the two groups meet and they're like fighting at each other and they're like what are we doing yeah. like you know what yeah, i mean like yeah to have that but like everyone is like why what are we fighting for yeah. right like think about what are we fighting for and it's like uh, i don't know well what if we fought for this this thing we believe in like 100 percent um similarly <laughs> the, uh every single time you show up with this napon who's making the boat uh the the, the um, like mr salmon or something he shows up again in sort of the the final arc here uh, and I was like, oh, hey, hey, man, remember that time you sent us on the worst fucking hour and a half of this video game? And he's like, buckle up, my friend. I have another terrible hour and a half of video game for you to do. Uh, it's just like a fetch quest for six items um, that I literally skipped all the dialogue for. All of it, except for the final one when I was like, oh, there's like actually story stuff happening here. But even then, I was sort of sitting there like this isn't like this isn't earned. Like this feels really out of place because as we said before, like these characters have sort of already gone on their, like had their arcs and sort of like resolve the issues that we're sort of feeling and talking about here. So like what, why are we sort of ham fisting this additional arc into it? You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, all that being said, I, I mean, I'm still enjoying this game. I think I'm at 70 hours in it. Um, I'm, I'm just over 60. My character levels are 68. Uh, no, no, 60, sorry, 70. Um, they were 68 for the final, for the second and final boss that yeah, you're yeah. on. And then I got him up, but, um, like it, like I still like the game and I, and I almost am to the point where I want the story to be done. So when I'm like watching a, a, a TV show or doing whatever, I can just podcast and like finish the other quests and stuff like that. Cause I want to know where the story yeah. ends. I want to know how it resolves. Um, and, uh, I'm still happy with the game. I still like the game. Uh, it's just, I, I do in fact, need that main story to be over yep <laughs> for my own sake agreed <laughs> yeah i'm just i'm ready to move on right like splatoon's coming out last of us is coming out i said i was gonna try out soul hackers i think <sighs> this is not gonna happen because i think i uh have seen enough where people are like yeah maybe don't i was like okay um that's fine xenoblade i liked i liked a lot um i yeah i'm excited to see how this all wraps up uh yeah anything else sad about this game justin that we haven't said over the past like nine weeks talking about it um i like it me too you know what else i like justin 
uh, our Patreon producers. Oh, I thought you were going to say pizza. Damn it. Okay. Yeah, you're right. They're Jay cool, too. Noel and Dave Parker, they are supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash hitboxpod, where you can donate $1 a month to get your name in the episode of every dis- episode description of every single podcast from here on to the end of time. And then also, you can donate $3, sorry, <laughs> um, <laughs> to get a, an exclusive deluxe podcast producer audio feed where, um, in addition to the free episode every single week, you get an additional 30-ish minutes of us talking about stuff that doesn't really fit on the show, whether it's was more extended Xenoblade uh, thoughts, uh, thoughts on multiverses. What did we talk about last week? Um, we cast the Pac-Man movie. Oh, casted movie. the Pac-Man yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. We're doing some fun stuff today. What are we doing? Uh, we're talking about video game length, weirdly enough, um, with Xenoblade Chronicles 3 on the mind, if you will. And I do. Um, if not, hey, why don't you just go ahead and give us a... If, if you're unable to spend, to, to donate to us, that's perfectly fine. Go ahead and give us a uh, rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to us. Subscribe there or become a... I don't know, follow us there, whatever the verbiage is on your, your particular podcast service of choice. Follow us on Twitter at hitbox pod. Join us on discord. Link to that's in the description. Any of that. Um, am I missing anything, Justin? Yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings rings of power. September 2nd. Is it, is it out? Oh, it's coming out. Get ready. Um, was that Friday? Yeah. Get ready. Friends. Are we watching? Are you going to watch that? I'm, I'm not going to have time. Oh, I'm going I'm to watch it. Uh, I'm going to be into it. And I'm going to be like, say some Elvish stuff. Um, and then, yeah, it'll be great. It was Brago. Your name is Kingly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that? Is it the horse? Yeah. Is that Elvish? Yeah, I think. Right. Is it, I, is, I'm not doubting you. I'm just also Game of Thrones, uh, the House of Targaryens out or whatever, House of Dragons. So sometimes they're Valerian versus Elvish all sound the same to me. Speak friend and enter. What's the Elvish word for friend? And then he says it and it's like opens up. I, I thought you were doing a Nopon impersonation. <laughs> oh, also. How the fuck did those make it in the final game? Whatever. Hey, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you next week with thoughts on Last of Us Part 1 and all sorts of other great news. Always remember all the games are old. Goodbye. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>